Welcome to another edition of The New Flesh. We're not going to say what episode number because I don't know what order I'm releasing these in. Hi, I'm Joe. Hey, I'm Brett. Thanks for joining us. How's everyone doing? I can't hear you. <laughs> that song was Odessa by Caribou. Great track. Uh, Swim. Great album. Great band. This is basically the intro for every band we, we have on. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I just thought, and I'll just say this business on air because I forgot to mention it. We should uh, start planning on putting on more than one song in these. Just yeah. I well, use absolutely. It, I'm using one song, and that's fine, but I figure since we got at least two breaks between uh, sk- oh, yeah. between skits and bits and the main thing, then maybe we should do- uh, It's bits and than- pieces, <laughs> Joe. Not skits and bits. Skits and bits. Skits and bits. That sounds like a cereal slash dog food. Mm, I'm going to go for some skits. They were sponsored by skits and bits. Yum. Yeah. <laughs> how's your uh, How's your week going? Uh, not bad. Saw a couple movies. What'd you do? Uh, mostly watched movies. Also. Yeah, that's right. And we're gonna be talking about them a little and a little bit later, including Knock Knock. Knock Knock. They another new Eli Roth film. We don't hear from him for a while, and suddenly he drops two. Yeah, he made his last. Our Hostel Part Two was what seven years ago now. Yeah, it was a while ago. And then Green Inferno comes out, even though it's a few years late. And now Knock Knock. So mm. just all Roth all the time. If you're a super fan of the show, you probably heard our Green Inferno episode. <laughs> not We were not fans of the Green Inferno, but how do we feel about Knock Knock? Stay tuned. Also, we watched. I went over to Brett's house and watched a movie in his projector. He did. He came over to my house. What did we watch? We watched The Hallow. And we're going to be talking about it. On next week's episode. All right, let's jump right into the bits and pieces. A bits and pieces. Oh, 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 bits and pieces. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's Frankenstein, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> I had zero idea. All right. We only have one piece of bit or piece. I just... One right, bit of piece We have one business? bit of bit, one okay. piece of piece. What do you got? Uh, it's a good one, though. <clears throat> so, Friday the 13th, The Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw this on uh, Facebook. What's going on with this? Uh, so, they just an- they just launched a campaign to raise $700,000 to get this game made. And it's a very interesting story because it's basically Friday the 13th, th- the game. The video game. Where you play as for, uh, Jason Voorhees. But the other it's a multiplayer game, and the other characters are camp counselors trying to survive. Stop. 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 Too many awesome things and crazy things in that sentence. we got to back up. First of all, the first thing that piqued my interest. So when you play the game, you're Jason? Well, one player's Jason, and then the other players you're playing with are camp counselors. I don't know how they divvy it up or like how it's like if it's like a deathmatch situation where yeah. like you kill them all and then you start over as a counselor or something. It sounds like a great fun multiplayer game though. So cool like, idea. It was like Goldeneye, remember that where like right. you'd be like hunting each other, so yeah. it's like split screen or something? I hope. Or is it on a computer? Let's see. Uh, or is it on a computer? It's Cheap. a one. <laughs> like I said, how I said that. Or is it on those computer systems everyone's everyone's playing with? One v seven multiplayer set in a semi-open world of Camp Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. They call it a classic horror fan's dream. There's no shaky cam or found footage. I mean, it sounds awesome. Yeah, I haven't gotten excited about a video game in several years, but this is making me want to go next gen if I have to. So um, the next uh, thing that jumped out at me there is: Did you say they're starting to raise? $700,000? Yeah, as of a few hours ago when I looked this information up, uh-huh. they had already raised 270k. And how and long? This how long is, have they been it up? one day. Holy And this shit. is a 30-day thing naturally ending on uh November 13th. Wow, I mean that's great news, but when you heard 700k, I'm like no chance, bro. No, yeah, they're going to do oh, it. Oh, I know. That's awesome. Yeah, uh what's interesting is that it started as an unlicensed ripoff mm-hmm. called Summer Camp. Okay. But uh, I guess the creators of the of the movie got like got wind of it and and yeah. gave them a license. So Fried now it's officially the game. Oh, that's great! Yeah. So uh, the makers of the game actually recruited a lot of the original Friday the Thirteenth talent, like the creator, writer, director Sean Cunningham, uh, famed horror makeup artist Tom Savini, who did like you know <laughs> Are Dawn you of the serious? Dead. Yeah, from Dust Till Dawn. Yes, yes, of course, Texas the great Chainsaw. Tom Savini. Yeah, so Tom Savini's involved in this game. Doing and what? They said he's like they basically what I read said he was like the creative consultant of the kills. <laughs> I don't know why. Like they <laughs> like. I mean, that sounds like an amazing job. Yeah. That's You're going to awesome. figure out creative ways to kill these computer-generated teenagers. That's awesome. I mean, he probably just shows up and is like, here's how I think a head would explode if you hit it with a hatchet. Yeah. And you're like, oh, there's another guy. Other, like the, uh, this the, is the best in the business. The, graf- the graphics guy's like, mm, interesting, interesting. And then like they go back and like, what if they're like, doing like, did you ever watch the show Dexter? Yeah. Where they're doing like the, the splatter tests or whatever. Right. They have a setup like that and they're just like measuring and, and filming all the splattering. Be like, oh, so that's what happens when you get hit upside the head with a canoe. Okay. Yeah, so it seems like they're going all out 
to make this a cool game. That's what, wait. Uh, what's that? Um, what's that popular website where plays video games? Twitch. Yeah, that's like where you watch people play video games. Like, can you play games through Twitch? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure Twitch is like YouTube for gamers. Just for game. So it's like screen capturing. Yeah, the video game you're playing. Nerds. Amy guys are there making millions of bucks, so good for them. I know. I'm so mad. I gave up on video games in junior high because everyone's like, you'll never make any money playing video games. Do something real with you. I'm like, you got it. Done with video games. Now there's so many millionaire video games players. Yeah, there's some prick named like PewDiePie. PewDiePie. Or something. That's the guy. That guy, I just keep seeing in headlines like, he made X number of million dollars this year. I hate him. Yeah, the worst. I literally don't know anything about him. Never seen a video. Hate him. But they also say you can't make any money doing horror movie podcasts. So and we're just rolling in <laughs> let's, it. Let's I know. <laughs> let's let's prove him wrong, baby. Uh, in addition to Tom Savini, uh, there's also Kane Hodder, who's Jason himself. Yeah. Well, what the fuck is he gonna do? Uh, I guess he stood there while they put those little green balls on him, and oh, and he's cool. like he like, is Jason. The, they did the motion capture right. him. And then uh, Harry Manfredini, who did the score for the original, and I think all the rest of them, he's doing the music. Wow. So this is basically as close to an original. Friday the 13th sequel we're going to get, and it seems like it's in the form of a game that's multiplayer. Great. I don't think I don't there's a campaign. It doesn't sound like it. It just sounds like a open-world sort of thing. Awesome. That sounds really cool. I can't wait to play it, and I never play video games. Same. All right. That's the only bit and piece we got. We had one bit and one piece. Now it's over. <laughs> <laughs> what did you watch this week, Joe? Oh, that's the new segment that you have to introduce. What did you watch this week, Joe? Ah. Uh, Love this segment. Um, I watched Willow Creek, the Bobcat Goldthwait uh, found footage Bigfoot movie. What did you think? Um, It was not bad. I know that seems like kind of a, I guess, shitty assessment. <laughs> um, I want to say that I liked it. It wasn't amazing. Uh, it was definitely, for a found footage film, it wasn't irritating. There were some cool things in there. This hasn't happened in a while. I actually had to look up or do some research afterwards because the ending was a bit confusing. I've seen the movie, but it was a while ago, a couple of years ago, actually. Sure. I don't remember. How does it end? Spoiler alert, okay. I suppose. Well, before I give away the ending, um, it's a found footage film of this guy and his girlfriend are going into the woods to try and find evidence of Bigfoot or actually meet Bigfoot or Big Feet or you know, the Sasquatch monster, right? Big Feet. The Big Feet family. And, you know, it takes them a while to get out into the forest and the, the usual sort of thing. They're in town. They're talking to the townies. Everyone there's obsessed with Bigfoot, like the Bigfoot Cafe or whatever. But Yeah, I remember, like, a lot of, I don't want to say talking head interviews, but, like, yeah. they, they talked they to did. people yeah. as if it felt real. Those things all felt real. I mean, I'm obviously, I mean, I'm assuming it's a real place. Yeah. So, I mean, save for a few people in there that I recognized, I, I'm assuming that was just a mix of actors and actual townies. That was a little tedious, but it was good for setting that up because... When they finally get into the woods and they're and they're and they're of course lost, um, there's one scene in there like when it's at night and they're in the tent and they're hearing the noises getting closer and closer. I didn't time it, but it was like one unbroken shot. Remember this? Yeah, and I want to like, say it's it, like 20 minutes. Yeah, it was it's like a long really time. really long, and and the suspense just builds and it never cuts away and they like it never stops, just builds and builds and you hear the uh, the Sasquatch screams or what you think they are like getting closer and closer and. I just thought that alone was like really inventive and clever. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I I was less of a fan of this movie, but let me explain why. Uh, I Please. saw it at a it was an I think it was an early screening when mm-hmm. I was living in Los Angeles. Yeah, and it was playing at the the Nerd Melt showroom at Meltdown Comics. Which correct me if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but that is not a movie theater. No, it is a okay. It is a the back of a comic book store, mm. which does o- not does optimal <laughs> conditions for watching a movie. Does not really have the aesthetic for even the comedy shows it's, that they put yeah, on there. It's a, it's a makeshift comedy show. It's a makeshift it's comedy, comedy show whatever, where like yeah, it's yeah. literally just a stage, a raised right. area, and like folding chairs, and right. that's the whole thing. Okay, so. I don't know why I thought it'd be a good idea when they announced they were doing a early screening of, <laughs> of yeah. Willow Creek there, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I got excited and Bobcat was there. He did a Q and a, how did you feel about seeing you do this a lot? How do you feel when you see, especially a screening of a film, like before it comes out with the filmmakers there? Don't you feel like pressure for you to like quote, enjoy it more? 
Uh, yes, and that's what they're banking on, I think, because I go to uh, press screenings in New York all the time, mm-hmm. and on occasion they have they will introduce if there's someone there who's notable with the movie, they'll yeah. introduce them beforehand, and that gets the crowd hyped. It gets everyone into it, and then even if it's a piece of shit at a at a press screening, because yeah. the press screenings are half press and half like people they pick off the street to take into a free movie, so they're gonna love it anyway. Right. They all applaud. Like I saw Crimson Peak last night, which I'll talk about in a minute, and. I didn't like it at all, and it was, even was people, Guillermo del Toro there. He wasn't, but just the whole rigmarole of like, hey, people, you're about to see this movie early. Everyone gets excited, and everyone applaud. Everyone applauds at the end, even if it's a piece of shit. Yeah, I, I figured that vibe, and um, I mean, you saw it at a comedy club, and I could just assume that it was a lot of like people being shitheads. Uh, not even audience. it was a it was an attentive audience. That wasn't the problem. The problem was if you've ever seen the space. It is just not conducive to watching it, let alone right. comedy. It's but, not that good for comedy. But a movie, it's it's unheard of because not only uh, is the screen just smaller than this green screen I'm looking at here, just very tiny. <laughs> for that, no one can see. We'll just yeah, no one can see. There's a green screen in this room, uh, and yeah. it's small. Uh, but it's a very small screen with a very shitty projector that doesn't have any. Uh, it's not a professional setup at all. It's basically like if you go to your friend's house to watch a movie in his basement yeah. and he like stole a projector from the, his high school and he like threw on a DVD. That's what the aesthetic of watching it was like. And Bobcat made fun of that and joked about it. Yeah, he, he was it. great. Uh, so the whole movie, I was honestly sitting behind like a pole. I could <sighs> barely see it. It was... Is that the word? I am... I am yeah. You know, we talked before a couple episodes ago about how I rarely go to the movies. Yeah. And it has to do with like if the conditions are not optimal. If I go to a place to see a movie and if if a person sitting near me is crinkling wrappers, buddy, if someone sits in buddy. front of me, if the if the sc- if I if the screen, oh my god, God <sighs> help me! If we, you know when you go see a movie and the the audio is like ha- half a second off, yes, and you're just trying to like not look at their lips, and maybe you won't know. Oh, it drives me insane. Man, I walk out of a lot of movies, yeah. and not because they're bad, but because of what you just said, their conditions aren't optimal for me. Right. I went to see Pawn Sacrifice last week, which is a Cold War. Yeah. drama about Bobby Fischer with Tobe Maguire. I went to see it at the worst theater ever, AMC Empire 25 Times Square. <laughs> worst theater ever. On blast. It's among fucking the blast. terrible. I will talk shit about every AMC. They're you hear, all they're You all hear terrible. that AMC listening at theaters are trash. They're trash. It's annoying. It's um, atrocious. But there was ahead. a guy behind me. Oh. Uh, uh, I don't want to get too mean, but he was a big dude. Right. Uh, and he did a... <laughs> Every 25 seconds. I'm out of there in two seconds. Like clockwork. Every I was 25 with, seconds, the second time, it's like, and goodbye. I was with a coworker, and uh, I felt terrible as I invited her. Yeah. And I was like, I literally have to leave. I can't sit behind. Like, I didn't want to say anything to this guy because it was clearly not like he was trying to be a dick. He was just inherently just a, a dick of a person. He was just a, a gross subhuman. <laughs> Let's call yeah. him that. All right. Yeah, I guess we're getting kind of a mean territory. <laughs> Plus, this is uh, not a movie theater review podcast. But I do know what you mean. So I guess going back to your Willow Creek experience. <laughs> so I'm assuming then, regardless of how the movie could have been, you're just too busy being like, this environment sucks. Yeah. And imagine watching that intense 20 minute take yeah but with a bunch of comic book nerds and it's like sweaty and hot Ugh, and no, no one's actually paying attention really Ugh. and it's just like there's distractions it's going on there's it. a comic book store right lively going you're the around. cash register going up yeah. every couple minutes yeah right um okay so didn't like it <laughs> so willow creek here's here, my issue with the movie is this I, um i think it could have been a lot better usually when we, t- we talk about movies on this show and movies in general, just they're too much. And we'll probably get into one of the movies we saw today where it's like over explaining everything to the extent of like, you're almost treated like an idiot. Oh really? Is that what we're going to talk about? The thing I like about Bobcat movies and especially, uh, this movie Willow Creek is that he did the exact opposite where like he doesn't treat his audience like idiots. So for this movie, actually though, there was like, Almost not enough, and I t- and I'll tell you why. Because so you think it's like oh, it's this movie where they're going into the woods to find uh, Sasquatches, found footage, and then you saw it at the end, you see the dude get dragged off, and you hear his girlfriend screaming. So I when I first saw it, I was like oh, I guess that's it. But that I don't know if you recall, but like the last couple shots when they're out of the tent and like the camera's kind of swipping around before the guy who's holding the camera gets attacked, he's like this like old naked heavy set woman kind of like looking dazed, like standing out in the middle of the woods. Do you remember that? Vaguely. Okay, so 
Well, that happened. Okay, so so these, so these two people are lost in the woods, and you're assuming there's no human contact anywhere. And then you know they're in the tent, and they're getting really scared because now they hear like because they're lost in the woods, and I don't know if they're in the tent. I think they're just like outside, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Like the Sasquatch is so close, we heard screaming or whatever, and like, "Oh my god, I love you," and I'm sorry for getting you in this mess. And then you see them kind of like running, and the camera going everywhere, and like right, right, for like two seconds, the camera kind of like stops and it focuses on what you see in the dark, kind of out of focus, is this woman. She's a heavy set woman, older. She's naked. She looks like. She's all dirty, like she's got the shit kicked out of her. She's totally out of it, and like if it, it lingers on it for like a second, and then the camera drops because it's kind of like dragged through the dirt because it's the guy like him screaming, "Oh my god!" And you hear him getting like ripped apart, and then in the distance you hear his girl also screaming, and then you hear like five or six Sasquatches or whatever, like how Sasquatches, right? Whatever Sasquatch is, I don't Sasquatch know. Sasquatch guy. What's the plural? It's always know. referred to as one, so I don't know. Big feet. <laughs> big feet. Okay. <laughs> all hilarious. What's dumber, big feet or big foot? <laughs> Big feet, big foot, Sasquatches. Sasquatches, the, the plural, right? Tweet at us. Tweet at yeah, Joe. Yeah, d- please correct my grammar. I'm, d- I'm dying to be corrected on my, on my grammar on Twitter. Please do that. Anyway, uh, so I saw it. I was like, well, I, I just thought, like, what was up with that woman? That was weird. What is up with that woman? Okay, so do you remember when they were in the town that they saw? Uh, ben Affleck's the town? No, 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 sir. <laughs> when they at the beginning of the movie, they're in the. Bigfoot cafe or something, they see a missing persons poster and it's a woman in there. And, oh, and they have a conversation about, yeah. oh, the missing woman, because then they did the little bit where they're like kind of joking around like, oh, do your missing person pose. And she was like, Right, I remember this now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's what Reddit and the internet explained to me, is that there's this thing, and I don't know if it was mentioned in the movie and I just wasn't paying attention, because of course I was on my phone half the time. There's, oh. a, there's a thing in the movies, or there's a thing, there's a term, I don't know if it's in the movie or just in general, called a forest Excuse me, a forest bride? Have you heard of this? A forest bride? Uh huh. You know what that is? No. It's when a woman is taken captive by an indigenous animal or people and basically become their sexual captive for purposes of being for reproduction. Casual. I'm assuming that they can't escape because they're lost in the woods. So. What's implied where you hear the guy die and then in the distance when it's all dark, you hear his wife now screaming, please don't stop. And all, and all, the, all the Sasquatches howling is that they're beginning to gang rape her. Whoa. And she's the new forest bride. That is And that up. naked, dazed, beat up lady is the missing person who was the old one. Who just yeah. at that point when they ran into her because they, t- they, ca- they take her with them. Right. Running into her is implication that they've arrived and she's so out of it from probably being beaten and raped for the past probably months. And then they killed him, and then they're starting in on his his uh, his his uh, fiance. Now that is not a very settling thing. I'm not saying that's awesome, but I had to look that up. And then after I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, he could have given us a little more about the that. word, like just ref. I don't know. You can work the forest bride narrative into there. I think he could have like, too. Sh- and I think like, you know, much like it. how at the end of Blair Witch where we had all the elements of the kids, we had the elements of the house, we had the elements of the basement torture. So when she goes down at the end, you see him standing in the corner, and then it like kind of cuts out or whatever, we know exactly what that's in reference to and therefore what happened to him. I think, right? But they didn't like hit it on the head. It was just like they gave us just enough at the beginning yeah. for that ending to make sense. And I don't think that he gave us enough of that. I mean, I had to look it up. I am being completely honest here. Like I said, I was you know, glancing at my phone. It was late at night. you got to so stop that. I know. So I maybe try to maybe leave my phone out of the room. Maybe it was point. maybe it was more mentioned. I don't know, but uh, I hope that's right. And then Bobcat listens and calls you out for being a dick. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> that was well, my experience. I need to give that movie another run because yeah, run. everything you said sounds great. I uh, I have not. It's disliked, a slow burn too. It's a slow I, burn. I have not disliked a Bobcat movie thus far. Really, ah, yeah. there was that what Godless America. Yeah, not it went too good. hot on that. Uh, but World's, World's Greatest Dad. World's is Greatest Dad. Oh, so good. And I just saw that documentary he just did about Barry Crimmins. Is it good? It's very good. I gotta get. I gotta get my hands on that. Yeah, that's great. But that ain't horror. So, so okay, what'd I'll, you see this week, Brett? Uh, the new big studio horror film, Crimson Peak. Now I had made this comment to you, either. Uh, on the first episode or just in passing, when I went and saw Green Inferno and also The Martian, they showed trailers for Crimson Peak. There's the only time I've seen a trailer for Crimson Peak. And the first time I saw the trailer, I thought, oh, cool, this must be like a new WB show because it looked cheap as fuck and so lame. It looked like a G-rated haunted house movie. So when it was like moving Guillermo del Toro, I thought, holy shit, like how long have I been asleep? <laughs> this looks terrible. All right, well, you're half right. It doesn't, <laughs> It's actually like a modestly budgeted movie for what it looks like, but I the, thought. It's the, $55 the, million. Dollars. The effects look fucking weak. Maybe the trailer is weird. 
I don't know. Okay, the effects aren't aren't the greatest asset. It's like the the yeah. production design. Okay, the production design was out of this world. It's definitely gorgeous to look at. I don't know. It's so funny that you say that because I thought the movie was incredibly hollow and not good at all, except the production design. So, at least, was so you say great. look good. It looked very good. Um, but just because you nail the aesthetic you set out to create, mm-hmm. it doesn't just make your movie worthwhile. Do so you know what I'm saying? Like, I he absolutely set out, know what you're saying. He set out to make this like gothic romance with horror elements. He's very he's been uh, outspoken about the fact that he don't call it a horror movie. It's not a horror movie, which is a fucking cop out. By yeah. the way, it is a horror movie. Whatever you. It's like a haunted house movie. Right? It's a haunted house movie, which is its biggest detriment. It's just the most derivative haunted house movie you've ever seen. Yeah. You can. I guessed every beat of the story within like five minutes of the characters meeting each other, yeah. and I just kept waiting for him to like, uh, you know, take my expectations and like flip them on their head. Never did. It's the most straightforward and boring, lame. I was just shocked. Was it long? I, it's two hours, which is kind of long. Yeah, it's yeah. too long. So. I don't know. It was just a little much for me. The plot is like, uh, it's like Mia Wasioka or whatever, the girl who's Alice in Wonderland from that terrible Johnny yeah, Depp one. never saw it. Look terrible. <laughs> yeah. She is the lead. She's, uh, whatever, 19, I think 1901 is the setting. Uh, she's this girl who, uh, once her father is killed, she goes to live with this guy who's become like her lover. It's Tom Hiddleston, who then yeah. Loki, my man Loki. Yes, I know. Uh, so basically, she's in a relationship with this guy, but of course, it's not what it seems, and he has nefarious reasons for wanting her. Ooh, nefarious. Nefarious. So it's just every beat of it, man. I couldn't believe how how predictable it was. That's a shame. What was the last Guillermo del Toro movie? Pacific Rim. Uh, that movie was cool. It's cool. People lose their minds over it, saying Kanye West calls it the best movie of all time. <laughs> yeah, I remember that tweet. Yeah. Uh, and then before that, I mean, he had Hellboy 1 and 2. Hellboy 1 and 2, I think Pan's 2 Labyrinth. is great. Yeah, I think yeah, 1 is pretty good. Yeah, 2 is great. Uh, Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth. Labyrinth is good. He had Blade Chronos. 2. Blade 2 is amazing. Chronos is really good. The Devil's Backbone is fantastic. I mean, it's try, a, is there anything like what Yeah, what he done lately? Do you think at the Pacific Rim he was just like, well, wait a second. They were talking for a while of a second Pacific Rim. Was he involved in that? He's involved, but, but that he, got scrapped. Yeah, he just said it's not happening, but I still think it might happen eventually. But do you think because for at least a little bit he had to be working on it that maybe that was cutting into Crimson Peak? Yeah, work? I just don't. This is clearly a passion project. He's very outspoken about. He, they handed us a. I wish I brought it with me to this taping. What? They handed us a piece of paper with a director's statement when I went to see the movie, oh, which gross. I groaned real big. What the statement say? It just said, "This is a movie in the gothic tradition. They haven't made a movie like this in thirty years, and I wanted to bring it back." It was very like yeah, self congratulatory. Here's what I'm worried about: that when someone's like, "I'm referencing the style of movie." Yeah, don't that tell me that. That for thirty years. I mean. Hey, uh, I don't know how to break it to you, but movies 30 years ago sucked, <laughs> right? Oh, I want to do those old black and white horror movies. Oh, you mean those boring-ass ones we make fun of? <laughs> the ones where they had, like, no special effects where people know how to tell stories? Like, those ones like, fucking old-ass Dracula just, like, lurking in the shadows for an hour? Okay, I will defend silent horror. I like a lot of it. Uh, yeah, you like it in reference to what it is, but if sure. something in a movie like that now, you'd be like, this sucks. Yeah, well, it's not. This movie will not be commercially successful. Calling nope. that now, it's a period costume drama masquerading as a horror movie. Plus, I should also say when I see the posters, uh, the subway posters, it's, it's with Thomas Hiddleston. Hiddleston. I think it's Hiddleston. Hiddleston. Yeah. It's a picture like it's half his face and half like a skull. I couldn't guess what that movie's about too. Yeah. You just walk past and I'm like Crimson Peak. I mean, that, I mean, just, Crimson just, Peak refers to like the blood on the snow of the house that they're in. The house that the yeah. the haunted house that the movie takes place in is actually so cool, and okay. apparently it's practical, and they built it, and it's super cool. So I respect a lot of it, yeah. but oh, it's just way too generic. I mean, just from just from a person who goes to movies or a person who likes movies, you know, I, I look at the ad campaign, I look at the trailer, I'm like, I can't even guess what that's about. It's the most unexciting, confusing looking thing, and the ad campaign's not doing it any favors, so of course it's not going to make any money. Yeah. Ask, ask an average, show an average person that poster and go, what do you think this movie's about? Like, I don't know, a guy in a skull? Like the <laughs> a po- guy the in point, a skull. I mean, I know we all like poster design and think it's cool, but the point of the poster is to uh, be an advertisement for the movie. And if you look at the poster, if you look at the trailer, and you're like, I have no idea what that's about, like, then I'm not, no one's going to go see it. Yeah. It was also like really, I thought it was really smug and self-aware. Like Ugh. it has the, uh, that like trope of one of the characters is writing a, a, a novel and that 
plays into the movie. Oh, where God it's like, damn it. At one, one of the first things the lead says is, it's not a ghost story. It's a story with ghosts in it. Is there anything? And it's like, okay, so that's what anything, this movie I'm watching is? Is there anything more obnoxiously transparent when one of the main characters in the movie is a writer yeah. And and the in the in the difficulties of writing is kind of in the movie. You're like, okay, yeah, that's we, the horror. Yeah, okay, okay, we get it. Screenwriter, <laughs> writing's hard. You have to make a character having a difficult time writing just because you're having. A, you know what I mean? Absolutely, man. Uh, so and frustrating. Like, he has. It's clearly a nod to all the classic filmmaking things he was talking about in that in that lovely statement. Yeah, but so but, what? So that's. Ex- Literally the words I wrote <laughs> down. But so, so what? what? You can nail the look of gothic film, but like I don't care. Where's yeah. the movie that, that surrounds it? Like and we it's can, we can we can. I mean, I can't right now, but you can easily name how many good movies that reference gothic films that are actually good. Yeah, sure. But like, uh, it's basically to me, it's a what do you call it? It's I don't want to call it imitation because it's definitely like an homage in his mind. I, I can tell this is like his yeah. movie, but he just like. There was like seven irises, you know, mm-hmm. just like circle in, circle out. Like there's just like all the tricks that like you see in like an old silent movie. And it's yeah. like, OK, well, maybe use it once as like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge thing. But you're it, literally relying on. Yeah. Is it affecting the, the story time. and how it's no, being told? It's just then don't silly. Do it. yeah. Every element of your movie should be in service of the story. Oh, also, it has the worst screenwriting error ever. What? to me, Which is the, the movie that opens opens with like a scene uh-huh. and then you cut back and find out how you got there. Oh, I hate that the so literal, fucking much. The literal worst. That is so... Uh. Yeah, and why, like GDT, people worship this guy. I don't really... I, I do love pretty much yeah, he's got some his hits. Work, I mean, he's got some good, he's got some good imaginative stuff and Pan's Labyrinth was definitely, you know, incredible. Yeah, and he... But the problem with him is his movies have just be- gotten more and more disjointed, I think. Mm-hmm. Like... They all have really cool elements to them. Like, there's a lot of scenes in this movie that I was like, oh, wow. Oh, there's actually two scenes of gore. Mm-hmm. One in particular that is, like, shocking because there's no gore, no gore, no gore, and all of a yeah. sudden, gore, and it's, like, bad. Jesus. So that's cool. But all when right. it's surrounding, like, uh, there's dumb characters that say dumb stuff that's not funny, that's supposed to be funny. It's just like he tried to put it all, just, like, threw everything in it, and it didn't. none of it worked for me. I'm going to give him one of these. <sighs> Out of... Yeah, <laughs> I don't have much longer one. That's just a shame, but hey, man, not everyone has a perfect track record, so hopefully the next thing will be dope. Yeah, and there, there's another screening I was supposed to go to this week, but I actually forgot to attend because it what? was like 5 o'clock. What? Goosebumps? Fuck you. We're not talking about goosebumps <laughs> on the show. What? And that was What Did You See This Week? What Did You See This Week? Not Goosebumps. Nope. Okay, so uh, after this break, we're going to start. Let's, we'll start off with Knock Knock. Fuck yeah, we will. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break, and then when we return, we'll be talking about Eli Roth's Keanu Reeves starring thriller, Knock Knock. Chocolate with sprinkles. Everybody packed. Yes? We're so sorry to bother you, sir. My phone got wet and she left hers at her house. Well, if you guys want, you can come in and use my phone. Guys, I have your clothes. They're pretty much dry. Surprise! We're back. That was some uh, audio from the trailer for Knock Knock. Uh, Brett, why don't you start us off with this one? All right. Do you want to give us a quick rundown of what Knock Knock's about? Sure. Uh, This movie is, uh, I'd say it's a twist on the home invasion thriller. Sure. Basically, the plot is Keanu Reeves is a man yes. married to a woman. Family man. Family man. Got has, kids. Got kids. The kids and the wife go to the beach for the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's stuck at home working. He's an architect. Actually, he's a DJ turned architect. Yeah, of course. Of course. One of those. So <laughs> so he's at home just doing his work, smoking a J. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then two, uh, knock, knock. Knock, knock. Who's there? Two hot women mm-hmm. dripping wet in the rain. Uh, yes, and if I recall correctly, they a cab dropped them off. They thought they were in one part of the town, but it was incorrect. It's pouring rain. Can they hang out and wait? He calls them an Uber. It's going to take them 45 minutes. Can they just kind of wait? And then... Uh, so he does wait with them for yep. 45 minutes as it escalates and escalates. They're uh, very flirty. They're we'll very flirty. They're, there's this one scene that I have labeled the musical chairs scene, which is basically that whole 45-minute sequence 
I don't know if it happens in real time. I don't think no, it does. No, of course not. <laughs> but they're, he's sitting on a chair. Mm-hmm. They come up to him, start rubbing on him and telling him something. Yeah. And then he would get up and sit on another chair. Because he's a married man. Because he's a married man. And, ladies, and he has morals. Off. But he's trying to be nice. He's a nice guy. He let them in. He called them an Uber. He wanted to make sure that they were safe. He even let them put their wet clothes in the drying and wear robes while they're waiting for them to dry. But they're just coming on way too strong. And then what happens, Brett? Uh, so the Uber finally arrives, mm-hmm. and Keanu is relieved. He's like, get these women out of here, this, these temptresses. They're just too sexy. Too sexy. Uh, but the women are in the bathroom. What are they doing? They're showering together, it seems, and they're having too good a time. And Keanu closes his eyes, and he's like, guys, the Uber's here. You have to get it. Right. I'm going to come in. Uh-huh. I'm going to come in. My eyes are closed. Right. And then they start blowing him. Yep. And then I'm going to just rush through real quick. Uh, they have sex. Then the next morning he wakes up and it turns out these two chicks are crazy <laughs> and they proceed to torture him mentally, emotionally, mostly physical and it gets crazier and crazier and I guess we could put it in a horror film because they get violent pretty fast. It gets really intense. We're not going to get to the ending yet. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a home invasion movie. Um, has um, trappings of funny games and fatal attraction and a few other... Uh, What's um? There's a movie from uh, a Polanski film from about uh, 15 years ago called Death and the Maiden that uh, it reminded me of. I don't know if you ever saw that. No, I, ha- I haven't seen that. All right, well, th- well, I'll bring that up in a second. So, okay. Brett, what did you think of Knock Knock? I, I think I'm in the minority based on mm-hmm. uh, Twitter and the internet telling yeah. me otherwise. Okay. I thought it was fantastic. Mm. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't recommend it to everybody. I have no. a caveat here. Sure. Um. Well. When we talked about Green Inferno, the reason it didn't work for me is because it was, we talk about tone. We said, what tone? It's completely inconsistent. Right. It tried to be this really macabre horror movie. Green Inferno, another Eli Roth film. Yes, Green Inferno, the cannibal Eli Roth film. Uh, so it tried to be real macabre and like horrible, but also had this weird Eli Roth sense of humor about it. And that didn't work for me. In this movie, it is 100% self-aware. Mm. We're going for laughs, even mm. though I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a comedy. No I don't way. know if I would. But I laughed more during Knock Knock than I have at any comedy in recent memory. Really? Now, let me ask you a question, though. Were, you, yeah. were those laughs from things that are intentionally funny or laughing at how ridiculous it is? I think a little bit of both. Uh, you, I've heard someone call Keanu's performance like terrible in this movie, and that is nuts to me because I think this is among the best he's ever been. I thought he was hysterical. Uh, just his reactions... Like when the girls first show up and, he, and and she sneezes and he's like, bless you. And then I just laugh about it. That made me laugh. Yeah. Everything, uh, all the looks he would just give them, like the incredulous looks when they would say like, hey, can we dry our clothes in your dryer? Just a look on his face. I thought he played it amazingly. Sure. I, yeah. So it was fun to see Keanu be a dad. It was fun to see Keanu in one scene. I think he speaks Spanish. It's very funny. Uh, yeah, so, yeah although the, Bra- the girl's from Brazil, so Brazil, so Portuguese. Uh, what did you say? She's I, don't, from Brazil? I think it was Spain. Whatever, fine. <laughs> I. What's the difference? Uh, tweet me the difference. I tweet give a, Joe the difference. Watch me give a shit with your dumb tweets. Brazil and Spain. Yeah, you imagine the biggest shoulder shrug you've ever seen. <laughs> Fucking free podcast. Shut up. <laughs> uh, I was also surprised at how well shot it was for an Eli Roth movie. Uh, there's he is groaning oh my god so there are these long tracking shots that aren't like frivolous they're they're there yeah they make sense thematically the, the movie opens with this long tracking shot of him in the house it closes with the long tracking shot in the house for eli roth i was so impressed yeah. this man sh- shows no restraint usually. he finally hired a decent dp sure you can you can blame it on the dc uh, the dcp the dp yeah I'm, I'm going i'm going to credit the dp with uh, the visuals because that's what a dp does <laughs> It stands for the director of photography. Thank you, Joe. You're welcome. Cinematographer has something to do with it, too. <laughs> yeah, so that was all top-notch, actually. Yeah. Uh, and surprisingly, not really much gore at all for an Eli Roth movie. Think about it. I w- oh, yeah, there's, there's very little. None. And I think that this was his first attempt at making a movie, trying to, trying to make a scary movie with suspense and performance and story versus just, like, overloading people with gore. Right, and with adult characters so certainly out of his comfort zone yeah well i guess the two girls aren't adults well that's another point of contention we'll talk about oh yeah but we're gonna get to that but keanu is an adult yeah and i don't think eli roth has ever put an adult on screen <laughs> it's you all it's always kids that's such a i didn't think about that yeah that is like the first at least like the first main character is like an adult man with a family and a life yeah 
Uh, it's yeah. a step up. So okay. I really, I yeah. really expected to hate this movie, man. Sure. So I was, I was elated to find it as entertaining as I found it. Sure, sure. Uh, I, I, I think the first half, which is the suspenseful half yeah. and like the kind of funny half, is far far superior to like the second half that's just kind of like we're gonna go crazy and fuck shit up i mean it, it falls apart in the last i mean to me it never was together but it really falls apart at the end uh i i was just with it because of how unimaginably fucked up the situation is okay. because uh basically the reason he's entrapped in his own home yeah. is because so basically they're trying to get him to, to fuck them the entire time yeah and then once he does mm-hmm. they spring on him the fact they say they're 15 years old mm-hmm. they say hey man we're 15 right you just statutory raped both of us so you can't call the cops you can't call your wife we'll tell them yeah and you're fine and ruin his life and your life is is done yeah so he's between a rock and a hard place and then so by speak. the time the 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 torture and the abuse gets so much that he can't stand it by that point they've tied him up and now they're like physically fucking him up yeah so the I mean, second they get they get crazy super fast. Yeah, they well they're not getting s- into the details no. of what they do. There's just some stuff in there that's just like pretty crazy. Well, Keanu gets raped. I'll say that. Yeah, Keanu gets raped is a thing I ha- I wrote down. Yeah, yeah. yeah There's I, an I exclamation saw, yeah. point. Okay. In it. Yep. Uh, I also wrote down that a a corpse is paper mache. Do you remember that? Oh, let's. T- <laughs> yeah, I remember it. I saw it like like <laughs> last week. I remember it. Okay, well, my favorite part about the guy who gets paper mache, I'm sure you noticed, it was Jonah. That's right, Jonah from the Green Inferno, the big guy, if anyone saw it, the guy who uh, gets cut in half and fucked up in Green Inferno. Yeah, I think He has we... the best, best, arguably the only death in Green Inferno. Right. And uh, yeah, so I was, uh, I honestly was happy to see him come back. Uh, I'll have some notes on his performance in a did minute. Did you, but... did you, this, the second you saw him on screen, did you go, Eli Ross going to kill the shit out of this guy? Yep. Yep, same. He just showed up and like, he's going to die. He's dying first, probably. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think we talked about his Green Inferno death quite a bit. Basically, he gets cut limb from limb. His eyes get gorged out. In this movie, in, in, in Knock Knock. Sorry for the spoiler, no. but uh, he also dies. Yeah, he also dies in Knock Knock. It's not as, ex- it's not as exciting. Um, yeah. That's, okay, so yeah. I, I guess like without getting more into details, uh, what I'm hearing is like you enjoyed this movie start to finish. Enjoyed it start to finish. Would you say like preferred uh, the first half? Eli Roth is back, or like this is a good. I wouldn't go that far. Right. Um, I would say this is the first Eli Roth movie I would say I loved since Mm. Cabin Fever. Wow. I liked Hostel. I liked Part Two of Hostel. Uh Uh, Didn't like Green Inferno. Hated almost everything he's produced since then that is not directed. Uh, I'm. I'm looking forward to his next movie. Wow. I, I hope... What's his next movie? Do you know? I don't know. Okay. I hope it's not Beyond the Green Inferno, which yeah, it's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah. But I would like... Basically, what I want to see from Eli now is more stuff like this and less stuff like Green Inferno. Interesting. Okay. So, I fucking hated this movie. <laughs> I hated this movie more than Green Inferno. And the, oh, fa- the fact that it is not doing well in the box office, um, I'm a little hesitant to talk a lot about it. Uh, I'll try and stay... Not restrained like I'm going to flip out, but I don't want to get too into it. I just want this movie to go away. Oh my God. Because it's so terrible. And if I could describe this movie in one word, it'd be misogynistic. Oh, this boo. movie is insanely misogynistic. The, the core, at the core of this movie, is an idiotic, frack guy, misogyny, misogynistic point of view. Um, I don't know if any listeners are familiar with the men's right movement, <laughs> the men's rights. These guys on, like, on Twitter and, and Reddit who are always like, we don't have any rights. Women, feminism's ruining the country. This movie is that point of view. I bet every men's right activist who's moving be like, yeah, totally, man. That's what it's like. This movie is so fucking stupid. It's so imp- implausible, improbable, whatever you want to do. It hinders on two main things that I just could not bring myself to believe. And because of that, the whole movie was pointless. Like, the whole thing about them after first of all you had said oh that, that the second time when they when they rape Keanu uh, when he has sex with him is rape I'm gonna correct you there that second time he has sex with them is the second time they rape him in the bathroom they raped him yeah that's rape too okay so is Eli Roth telling us then if women rape men and men go to call the cops the cops aren't going to believe them that because it's the the woman's point of view versus the man's point of view, they're not automatically not going to believe the man because in the next morning when he was like, fuck this, I'm calling the cops. They're like, they, they hit the, uh, the phone, they the, the hang it up and like, no, if you go to go to the cops, we'll tell them that, uh, you stature raped us. Cause, and then they go, because we're both, uh, 15, which they clearly are yeah, not. Hey, 
we look more 15 than those girls, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to get to that in a second. So let's say in in the reality of this movie that they are like arguably could be 15. Sure. Right away, I'd be like, I'm looking like you barged your way into his house. You were throwing yourselves at him. You clearly forcibly jumped on him. It's your word against his. And what would happen if he did go to the cops? He goes, these women broke in and sexually assaulted me. And they go, no, he sexually assaulted us. The cop's going to go, hang on a second. Let me do a background check. Okay, Keanu Reeves, upstanding adult, no priors, family, job, great. Let's look at these two girls. And of course, they probably have some crazy background because later in the movie, they say they've done this several times and they do it all the yeah, time. Yeah, this is a thing they so do. So clearly, someone has to have some record of these two girls in this town or in this state who constantly... Uh, uh, break into men's houses, uh, first seduce them, and then when they sleep with them, turn it on them, and torture and almost kill them, right? So right there, I'm just sitting there being like, no, you could have gone to the cops the second they gave him some shit, and it would have been all over. Hang on. So right there. So from <laughs> I'm that, seething, you guys. So from that point, I'm like, well, this is bullshit. You could, he could have easily... So I do not believe that this should still be continuing. Second of all, and everyone listening, right away, these girls are like... Hey, because uh, they turn into giant crazy bitches the, the next morning. Okay, quick side note. This guy, he cheats on these girls in his home. Like, I would never cheat on my wife, but if I would, I wouldn't do it in my house. And if I did, the second the sex is over, I'd be like, All right, you girls got to get the fuck out of here. You, he, ain't, you he, ain't spending the he night. He did try that. No, well, you didn't try that. Yeah, then they, the see, then they, morning, then they have like a sex scene, and then he goes to sleep this next morning, and they're like trashing his house. The sex scene, hell, surprisingly tasteful, I Hell thought. fucking no. Any guy's going to do that and let them spend the night. Get the fuck out of here. But anyway, regardless of that, <laughs> the next morning... They're like, yeah, uh, you know, we're 15. You statutory raped us. Here's what I don't understand, because Eli Roth wrote this movie. Why didn't he pick two actresses who could pass as 15? Those girls look clearly that they're in their Well, one of them is his wife. I know. That's, <laughs> that was a thing where I thought, like, well, if this is the plot point that he picked from the script, why did he use these actresses? Okay. They don't look fi- Let They me t- look 25. Well, there's a reveal later. That they're not 15. That they're not 15. But let me tell you, yeah. when they en- when they said the fifteen year old thing, I I had a debate with myself for yeah. the for the re- for the next forty five minutes yeah. of the of whether Eli Roth thought I was the audience was dumb enough yeah. to believe these women were fifteen or that Keanu Reeves is dumb enough. Right, right. I was just questioning everything. So here's a second problem that I have, or one of them, I guess, the second at this point. Another huge problem I have with this movie. So we open on Keanu Reeves. He's with his family. He's a good dad. He's a good husband. He's chocolate with hard. sprinkles. Right. He's doing the best, he's just a good man. These girls come to his house and for what seems like 20 minutes they're throwing themselves at him and no, 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 and finally he gives in. Let me ask you another question about the this this character that he plays. Much like, I don't understand why Eli Roth didn't actually use girls who could possibly pass as 15, why isn't the Keanu Reeves character kind of a piece of shit? Now think about that for a second. Yeah. Have you seen Fatal Attraction? Yes. Remember, in Fatal Attraction, as you all remember, uh, Michael Douglas does go after Glenn Close. He right. does just be like, hey, fuck it, he only live once, cheats on Yeah, that his was wife. the and YOLO. Then, yeah, and then it, then it comes back to haunt him and then the rest of that movie plays out. Yeah, that Now, makes when sense. that first happens, you're like, when you watch the movie, you're like, well, uh, dude, you know, you cheated and then Glenn Close gets so crazy, you're kind of like, oh man, I mean, you shouldn't have cheated but this chick's fucking crazy. So why wouldn't it have been a better movie if A, the girls who showed up look super young and B, Keanu Reeves is kind of a piece of shit? Then everything that happens after that, you have this really great moral struggle. Whose side are you on? Because it gets worse and worse. From the very beginning, I thought two things. One, Keanu does not deserve this because these girls molested him. They raped him. They got on their knees and hul- and, and grabbed him and, and, and blew him, right? Yeah. You know, okay, what happened? So, uh, so first of all, right away, he is a rape victim. Second of all, they are being so horrible to him. He's like, I can't do this because of 15. They're clearly not 15. It could have been t- a, a, a casting change and a character change would have made the movie incredible. But instead, he did those two safe things and it makes the movie completely unbelievable and stupid. Wow. Right? It made no point. Pr- <laughs> I don't I, want to agree, right? but... And, and okay, uh, there's a movie, a pretty good movie, a way better movie called Hard Candy. Have you ever seen this? It came yeah. out in 2005. Ellen Page. Yeah. You, so you saw it, right? Ellen Page and Patrick Wilson. Yeah. Right. How young does Ellen Page look in that movie? Oh, like 12. Yeah, and she clearly isn't. She clearly turns out to be 18 or 19 in the movie. Right. Right? Fucking Eli Roth has a TV show about teenagers on Netflix. <laughs> he couldn't have picked any one of those two girls to be the same thing. Right? And then Patrick Wilson in that movie is kind of a scumbag. He's clearly trying to hit her up because she's underage, and then she turns the tables on him. Cuts and, his dick off. Yeah, and then, or his balls, right? Balls, dick. Whatever. And then the whole movie goes from there. <laughs> the beginning of that movie of Hard Candy is fucking incredible when they meet in the cafe. Yeah. And they're kind of yeah. flirting, and it's weird. And that tense moment 
sets the stage for that movie and makes that movie like you can't fucking take your eyes off of it. And that scene is so important to start. Oh my God, this girl's so young. And oh my God, this guy's kind of a creep. And then 10 minutes into it, you're like, wait a second. This girl is fucking insane and this dude needs to get the fuck out of the house. He could have easily had done that with this movie, but he didn't. He chose two hot chicks who show up and the guy's just totally helpless. And you know how chicks are, man. They can just fuck you then turn around and say you raped them. You got to do whatever they say, right? That's the point That's the point of view of the movie. That is a terrible, that's a fucking terrible point of view for a movie. I don't know what to say other than like, I can't argue it's with, with you. It's garbage. I can't argue with any of your points because you are you are you are factually correct. Thank you. So so when you say it, like all the things you talk about, how he shot it and all these things, it's all moot because the core of this movie, you have to basically say to yourself, "Well, we live in a world where a guy has no rights regardless of what girls do to him if there's no proof, and that uh, you know a girl can just basically use her age to manipulate any man and then eventually oh, eventually lead to his demise." Yeah. And here's another reason why this movie. Uh, um, I don't know if this still isn't misogynistic, but the person who gets treated the worst in this movie is Keanu Reeves' wife. Okay. Now think about that for a second. They completely destroy his home. She's an artist. They completely destroy all of her stuff. What did the wife do? She didn't do anything. Nothing. They get home at the end, and that wife's life is fucking ruined because of this. She didn't do anything. Let's go back to Fatal Attraction. How does Fatal Attraction end? The wife fucking lays Glenn close (laughs) out. The wife has to clean up her husband's shithead mess. So again, to leave us on, this poor woman who did nothing, who called and had had no reason to be treated this way. Again, it's just so lazy and shitty for no reason. Again, it's misogynistic. This uh, The strong female character did nothing except take care of her family and trust her husband, and to, for that, she's the most punished. So the fact that this movie was so morally bankrupt... Well, not as moral, but it also is on a premise that can't doesn't exist. It, 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 it's not morally bankrupt. It expects you to have an incredibly cynical, misogynistic view of the world See, to understand it. I enjoyed it. To enjoy it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> you just said all the things to enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, here's the thing. I'm not saying that you're that way. No, the things no, no, that you no, said no. That you liked, It's fine. But the things you said that you liked, I can't look past the things I just went on about to go like, oh, but they, it's like... The no, whole, I get it. The foundation it. of the movie, to me, is flawed or at the very least steeped in a misogynistic point of view that I will... I, you know what? I refuse to accept it. Wow. That's why I hated this movie. You you really fucking hated this movie. Yeah, I just I just looked at this like again, Roth keeps missing fucking perfect opportunities to make amazing films. And this was just a last straw of like, dude, before with like Green in front of the other ones, it's just like, oh, you know, you're editing and you're writing and, and your pacing is off. But this one was just like, you are fundamentally expecting me to believe a, a, a point of view that I don't believe. I don't think a lot of people believe. I mean, and I think the box office has spoken. Well, well, it's open very, very small release. I don't know how many theaters it's in. Yeah. But it is a remake right. of a movie called Death Game. And let me ask you, did you watch it? The remake? Yeah. No. No, no, no I mean the, the, the original. Yeah. Yeah, oh, Death Game. Did you watch excuse it? Excuse me. Uh, no, I haven't. It's on YouTube in its entirety, though. 1977. I read uh, a little bit of uh, the synopsis because I was curious. And sure enough, in that movie, uh, the main character, the man, like, Openly goes after the girls, like right. like he. Like, yeah. So, so why question why? So why take that out? Uh, I don't know. I think. Well, I think. Well, I, I know why. I don't. I don't disagree with you. I think Eli Roth's mindset is probably exactly what the fuck you just said. Oh, you think he's? You think he's playing with uh, uh, people's perception of Generals? misogyny? No, 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 no. I, no. I, mean, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not defending him. I think he's just an asshole. Is just being like. I think he's an asshole too. I've right. said that before, but I I think this movie. I don't know. In spite of in spite of myself, I was watching this movie with a smile on my face. I thought it was hilarious, but now, <laughs> you're making me feel like a real shithead. Oh, I'm for sorry. Well, it. okay, we'll lighten up a little bit. Okay, <laughs> but here's here's some of the notes that I had. So first of all, uh, two episodes ago, I talked about the den, and I was like, man, I hate these movies that are all about uh, just torturing and killing women. I think for it was no one reason. episode ago. Well, either way, uh, well, I said kudos to this movie. It's the first movie of uh, torturing a man. Right, because so I remember you, you were talking about the den. You said every movie just is about torturing a woman. Yeah, there you go. We got torturing a man. So one. kudos to that. And um, now you're fucking mad about it. Lots of family pictures, big ones. That's what I put in the house. <laughs> big ones. And that was a little over the head too. Of like, look at the perfect family. Okay, house. no, no. They had that, giant. That was posters. on purpose. That I wrote down also. Yeah. I wrote down that uh, there's such the perfect family at the beginning that it's it's exaggerated. To the uh, point. It's 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 his point. Uh, the uh, the son gives him a gift of a of a handmade clock. And then we also, they keep referencing the dog at the beginning. And I, I wrote, clock established, dog established. Will these items make it to the end? Uh, well, the said, dog did survive. 
Yeah, and they took the dog at the end. What the fuck is that? And another thing about the movie that was... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. Uh, ended with the Pixie song. Bold choice. Yeah, yeah. You so know how the many movie fucking things end with... with Where Is My Mind, the Pixie song. Like, give me a fucking break. This is literally the but third walk, thing I've seen they, this week that had that song. They walk out triumphantly. Like, I'm supposed to be like, yeah, out of the next house. Like, yeah, what, I took was it a side fa- with them? I don't know. I took it at face value and thought it was a definitely very dumb, yeah. uh, fun riff on, like, funny games. Did you notice... Um, funny Games is a Michael Haneke movie. Yeah, great film. Um... Michelle Hannigan? When they Michael do the thing towards the end where they show him the phone where they put up the video of them having sex on his Facebook page. I think it's so funny. And this is going to be a note to all filmmakers and screeners right now. Uh, the Facebook website and Twitter the and API, Gmail, like. uh, uh, all that stuff, the, the operating system, it's visuals. That's copyrighted material you can't use. Sure enough in this one, they're like, hey, look, we did this on Facebook. And they show on the phone the worst Facebook ripoff interface. Yeah. It's like a stream Scrolling of like, comments. like thumbs, yeah. up, thumbs down, thumbs up. they like, just like, just... Don't do that. Okay, so let's explain that a little bit because I have a note about. Yeah. I have a note that Eli wrote in the press notes for this movie. I I, I think I glanced at it and just infuriates me. Go ahead. Okay, um, so the the last shot of the movie, uh, the girls wind up burying Keanu alive with just of his just his head sticking out of the ground. It's yeah. actually a hilarious image, and Joe texted yeah, it to it's me really, while he was watching. So it. At this point, I'm just like, this movie fucking sucks. Yeah, he Whatever. fucking hated it. Oh my yeah. god. So uh, they basically do that, and then you think they're gonna kill him. Right. But they don't. They don't. And I want to point out that they, they save him and they have this whole thing like, and now you're going to stay alive and suffer. Now you've ruined your life. Uh, does anyone remember 20 minutes ago when they killed that other guy? Yeah. Oh, well, right. like, like, so what am I, am I they're like, yeah, we're going to, we're not going to kill. Like, well, well you had no problem killing a dude 20 they, minutes they ago. They played that interestingly, I <sighs> thought, because they, he, they didn't outright kill Lewis. They right. they stole his inhaler. Oh, which, wait, 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 Once again, I wrote down the oh, inhaler and that'll come back. I want to go back. I want to go back. Okay. So. Joda or Lewis in this movie is, is a it's a bigger uh, black guy and uh, he kind of plays like he's like the art dealer or their family he's, friend yeah. or something. So he shows up to pick up a statue that the wife made or whatever in the middle of all this and the girls are kind of lying as they hide Keanu like oh hey we're his niece and friend we're in town and he automatically is like what the hell's going on over here where's Keanu I don't know his real name in the his name in the movie where's Keanu, where's Keanu Reeves uh, yeah, and like what's this and that and the girls are like trying to like spin the web of lies and he just turns to him in this fucking ghetto ass voice he goes bitch. I know a ghetto ass hoe when I see it. The fuck away from me. I'm from Oakland. Yeah, the, like, I hated that. No, I thought that was hilarious because oh. I remember thinking like, hell fucking yeah, a man finally <laughs> arrives. And then a minute later, they're playing like keep away with his inhaler and he becomes so overwhelmed and starts choking from, from not having his inhaler, he falls, hits the head and dies. I'm certain that's not how asthma works. Correct. Okay, if your asthma's that bad, you would have an inhaler the size of, of a fucking iPad. If you're <laughs> sucking at it, you'd have a gas mask on the whole time. No way you have an inhaler, like, that little, that one, it's just like, keep away, keep away, and he falls like, give me a fucking yeah. break. And you know why that happened? Because they had to kill him. Right. Because Eli was like, I got to kill this guy. I know, I'll give him asthma. Note to self, in the first 10 pages, he sucks as an inhaler and says something about having asthma. Yeah, like, that'll come back later, and of course it did. Yeah, well, I wrote that down as something that I was painfully obvious to. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Lewis's death is interesting because at the end Yeah. He, I don't know. At the end They threw him in his truck and didn't if I recall correctly, there's there's something that sticks out there. I wouldn't watch the well, movie. Well they paper mache his body, which is hysterical. I, I wouldn't watch the movie again, but there's a part where they're loading his body in the truck, the two girls, and as they're walking away, they're like, We're gonna call so and so, he'll help us take care of that body. Yeah, he does stuff like this for us all the time. Like they said to each other. Something about alluding to someone else outside of the circle who's helped them clean the up the cinematic universe. Who it's knows? Trying. It's just the whole thing is just it's just it's just gave me a headache because it was like I was just like fuck this. But the fact that they don't kill Jonah, that it, he it, dies from right, he dies just because I mean they're fucking around with them clearly. But, but what, he dies as a result. What but, were they going to do with him? Let's say he didn't have asthma. What were they going to do? No, I don't know. Beat him up. Well, no, yeah, I don't know what was going to happen. Right? They were going to probably kill him, but that would have been out of character for them. Yeah, so I get, t- it, it's kind of shitty, right? Exactly. Okay. Oh, <laughs> kind of? He was like, uh, oh, I got to get rid of this character. I don't know what to do with him. I'll kill him. I know, asthma. Okay, but the final scene we were talking about, mm-hmm. uh, the girls bury him. Up to his neck. Up to his neck. They stick a phone in front of his they face. They had taken his phone and filmed. Yeah, they filmed him. They having filmed sex the with second, one of the girls. They filmed the second rape. Okay, so yeah, they filmed it and put it on his Facebook page. And again, it's like, yeah, whenever everyone sees this, they'll see you cheated in your scumbag. Yeah, because you're tied to a bed and screaming, yeah. get off me. I don't, I guess the, the whole the, the thesis of the movie, did you think about it? Joe was very right. It's basically saying, well, yeah, because Keanu Reeves has no bad qualities. 
He's a good dude. And from the very second these girls gave him static, he could have been like, well, I'm going to the cops. And when they're like, no, you can't. We'll say we're, we're fi- well, clearly you're not 15. And no, we'll say you ripped it. Okay, we'll have let the cops decide. Because this isn't, this isn't a high school keg party, all right? This is an adult man and two <laughs> girls who've been lying about who they are. And at that point, he could have any time been like, well, you're clearly liars. Remember when they, when they showed up like, oh, we're stewardesses and we're only in town for the night or oh, whatever. Yeah. And then later, like, yeah, we're not... <laughs> We're not stewardesses. We totally made that shit up. Like, time to call the cops. We'll tell you who raped us. It's like, yeah, you do that, crazy people who are lying to me. We'll see what the cops have to say. Uh, that's the stark contrast between the, the two halves are interesting in that right. when they wake up or the next morning, I mean, that it's like, like they're, they're children who had too much sugar, let's basically. Imagine, running around. like, if you, if, this might be too specific, but if any time in high school, uh, like, your teachers wanted to, like, act out some sort of scenario about teenagers not doing drugs or do your homework, and the teenagers, uh, excuse me, the teachers pretended to be teenagers, and they're all, like, wearing back- backwards hats and sunglasses, like, hey, yo, what's up, teach? I'm a student. Don't, I, like, smoking the, do That's how ridiculous they were acting. Yeah. They were acting yeah, yeah. so fucking obnoxious and fake. I Literally just, like, feeding the dog it. macaroni and oh, cheese. Oh, God, and it was like... just, this, this, and he's like, everyone, get out of here. Get out of here right now. I'm like, now, nah, what are you going to do? He's like, and then, and then he's like the, you guys aren't stewarding. This is after all. Oh God! It's, right? It's just. I think that was showing that he is dumb. I guess, but up uh, until like up until they tied him up and started like like physically assaulting oh, him, bad. The, uh, like, who wants to be a pedophile? At, game. Oh, we'll get that in a second. At any time, he could have been like, uh, you know what? Fuck this! I'm gonna. Oh, the cops! Is like, grab your phone, walk out the front door, walk down the street. Don't even have your phone. Uh, give me your phone. Oh, you don't have it. And then just walk. I walk to a neighbor's house. Hi, I have some intruders in my house. Uh, can I please call the police? A lady even shows up, and apparently yeah. that's the star of the original Colleen movie. Camp. Yeah, she yeah. was also in Clue. He's, he's always like the, the girls like say something shitty to her. It was her, it was his uh, shoulder therapist or whatever. Yeah, and, they, and the girl says something shitty to her, and he's like, "Oh no, it's not what you're thinking." Oh, da, 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 da. it's just like the right away. Was, right away, could have been like, just like, "Who are these people?" It's like they just barged in my house last night. Like, they won't me. leave. Call the cops. Please call the police. Go. Yeah. Well, you can nitpick any movie that has a scenario where someone's hostage about that. Why don't you fucking get away? Like, yeah. Well, I don't know. okay. Did you think about that about funny games? Did you ever think mm. while watching Fatal Attraction and he does eventually call the cops, like it'll be over? Yeah. There's so many home invasion movies, Hard Candy, Death and the Maidens, another movie, The Sigourney Weaver, and uh, and um, Ben Kingsley. It's a, it's, a, it's a Polanski film. Excellent film. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh, it's so great. Here, when you say, What you said just right there is exactly the problem. That he is insulting our suspension of disbelief for this movie. Any movie, and like the ones I've mentioned that are good, the reason they're good is when you take away everything, and this is, and Roth, as bad of a filmmaker as he was, he had the gore. We took the gore away, and all home invasion, uh, hostage type movies like this have are two things the writing and the acting. In order to make these movies work properly, and the ones we talked about, the reason's so great, because they're on point with the writing, and they're so on point with the acting. Knock, knock. Horrible writing. Idiotically poorly written, and the acting is un fucking bearable right no man i don't I give like a it. shit how well it's shot i don't give a shit about the cinematographer every second of this movie i do not believe i believe he was free to leave and for you to go oh you kind of do that everyone no. no 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 there's so many good movies like this that i am locked in and i believe every motive and i believe everything that happens and then it works properly this movie from the very second they showed up i was like dude you you could have gotten out of this at any moment, and you didn't because the filmmaker who sucks and the writer, also the filmmaker probably who sucks, was just like, and this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. It's a, just a poorly written, poorly acted film. I'm sorry, Brett. This movie fucking sucks. Well, aren't I a shithead? No, you're not a shithead. I mean, hey, that's what the podcast is all about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I never got to Eli Roth's press notes, but basically I was explaining the the Facebook scene because... According to the film's press notes, that scene pretty much encompasses what he thinks the film's about. What? Okay. His intention, he says, is to demonstrate how much more quickly we experience everything in the social media age, both the delights and the torments, and how the rules of civilized society no longer seem to apply. That, I will say, is fucking bullshit. Yeah, what? How based does on that, this how movie. How does that... How does that factor into it this? It doesn't at all. It, now, is he it saying that, they, is he saying that those girls list. are supposed to be like um, somewhat like represent like millennials. the millennial culture of like they just do whatever they want and no one can do anything about it? Yes. And then I guess the Keanu Reeves his, is the older generation that just has to put up with their craziness? Yes. That's his thesis. I mean, that is Much so, different than your misogynist That, that is so piece. fucking thin. 
I, I do agree. It's I very thin. It's very thin. It sucks. I thought it was really just like, what, the one Facebook scene? Is that your connection to social media? But I, I think what you just said is accurate. Yeah. You're the millennials. He's the baby boomer or whatever. Yeah. And, oh, this is the clash. And because and, they use social media at the end. It's like, Eli, it's, buddy. Yeah. Stop with the messages in your movies. Uh, what do we say? Oh, how, about Eli, how about this? <laughs> Eli, baby. Uh, baby. Go, uh, go find someone who can actually write. Give them your ideas and let them write the script. Burn. Yeah. And then also have someone help assist you with casting. Yeah. Take, well, you're pulling a real Rob Zombie here. Yeah. I don't care if it's his fucking wife, dude. Come on. You can get a better actress than that. Well, that's it for Knock Knock. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's so intense, though. That's why I was, that's why I didn't want to, I said I don't want to talk too much about this movie, and we just talked about fucking 30 minutes. Yeah. All right. So, okay. So, in conclusion, um, I'm going to say pass on Knock Knock. I'm going to s- recommend it still, despite Joe's rant. All right, here's your homework, listener. Go watch Fatal Attraction, go watch Funny Games, and go watch Death and the Maiden by Roman Polanski. I agree you should watch all of those. but Oh, give, and Hard Candy with Ellen Page. <laughs> give Knock Knock a try, too. It's dumb. It's campy. I'm aware of that. I didn't. I wasn't bothered by... I didn't <laughs> find it as offensive as Joe did. <laughs> I think it's a dumb, fun, entertaining movie. Fair enough. That I, I, I do get as analytical as Joe gets with a lot of movies, but Thank sometimes you. I just want to watch a fucking dumb movie. And all right. this was a dumb movie that worked all right. for me. If you want a dumb movie, check it out. So that's all we got for this week. Tune in next week. We'll be watching... Oh, we'll talk about The Hollow. Is it The Hallow? The Hallow. Is it Halloween? How, H-A-L-L-O-Dubs. We'll get back to you on that. But this is the New, po- new Flesh Pod... The new, the new Flesh Podcast! Oh, I picked that hard on that. This was the New Flesh Podcast. Well, let's do it in the style of NPR. Okay. All right. Don't forget your Twitter handle, though. This is Brett at Brett Redacted. And this is Joe. I'll be the upbeat uh, guy from uh, from Planet Money. This is Joe uh, at Joe Avello. Uh, tune in next week. Uh, we'll do a podcast in three acts. And... <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah. See you next time. <laughs>